Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 22 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. I'd like to start this week's episode by sharing a personal story with you. About 1999, I had the pleasure of taking a 10-day trip to Morocco with uh, some dear friends and a friend of mine who I've known since I was a teenager, who was very familiar with the area and spent a lot of time there. And during our trip, we had the opportunity to visit a village and in this village, the, there were homes that were made you know, of wood. A lot of them, most of them had dirt floors. And we met a friend uh, that my friend had made during previous trips, an older man. He was one of the village elders. And my friend was sharing this story of a previous trip when visiting this village uh, this this other gentleman, this village elder, took him to the, a building in the village. And upon inspection, it became very clear that this building had previously been used as a synagogue, a Jewish house of worship. And it was very well cared for and very well preserved. And my friend asked the village elder if he was the one that looked after this this building, this structure. And the man said, indeed he had. And he said, well, as a Muslim, why were you so careful to take such care of this structure? And the man replied with a big grin on his face, and he said, I did not want to anger the Jewish gods. He was covering his bases, which hearing that story just brought a smile on my face. And, uh, and stuck with me. And the reason why I share that story with you is uh, tonight uh, at sundown, uh, this episode, this introduction to this episode is being recorded on September 13, 2015, begins the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. And it's probably not a bad idea for us to cover our bases, because I know my listeners come from all kinds of backgrounds and faiths. And one of the things that we do during the traditional Rosh Hashanah meal is we dip pieces of apples in honey. And that symbolizes the desire for us to have a sweet year ahead. So in keeping with that and in keeping with covering all our bases, I do want to wish all my listeners of all faiths a year ahead of good health, happiness, and peace. And may it be a sweet year for all of us. A few things going on in the colon cancer community. Coming up on October 3rd is the Undy 5K Run and One Mile Walk. The next stop on the tour is the Queen City of Cincinnati, Ohio. And that event takes place at 9 a.m. And you can find more details about the Undy Walk and Run on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. 
Also, really looking forward to my first trip to Phoenix uh, the last weekend in October, uh, Thursday, October 29th through Saturday, October 31st for Live Your Best Life 2015, the annual Colon Cancer Alliance Conference. The Colon Cancer Podcast will be there. Uh, we're ironing out the last details with the Colon Cancer Alliance of how we're going to uh, work together and, and have some exciting things as it relates to uh, sharing some of the key things going on at the conference via our podcast. And I'm really looking forward to meeting uh, so many of you there, people that perhaps we've only chatted via Facebook and online and, and getting, getting the chance to, to meet uh, many wonderful people face to face and give out some hugs. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to that. My guest this week is Amy Marish. Amy is a colon cancer survivor, and she took an interesting approach to dealing with the effects of colon cancer. Amy wrote a book. I should say Amy drew a book. Amy is an artist and created a book that in her words she wrote to cope and get even. She created a book filled with cartoon-like sketches that one of her friends on Amazon described as taking her fear, giving it a face, and talking back to it. It's an interesting book. Uh, she has a very interesting story behind it. I'll have the links to the book are posted on the coloncancerpodcast.com website. Join me for my conversation with Amy Marish. Amy, thank you so much for joining me this evening on our show. How are you? I'm feeling fine. How are you, Lee? I'm well. I'm well. Um, I was so intrigued by your book, the artwork uh, that it's that's involved in it, and the title, Cancer is So Funny. I want to talk to you a lot about that. But before we go there, I want to start with kind of learning a little bit about your personal experience with colon cancer. You're about six years out from being diagnosed. Is that correct? That's exactly right. So how did you get welcomed into the wonderful world? And I do put that in air quotes of uh, colon cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, unlike a lot of people who have no symptoms and it just slaps them in the face, I was actually sick um, at the end of 2008. And in 2009, after months of misdiagnosis and and sort of um, wandering in the wilderness, I um, was diagnosed with um, stage four colon cancer in uh, early in 2009. Wow. wow. And what was you, the treatment that was prescribed for you? Um, actually, I am very, very fortunate. Um, I had um, I had surgery to remove the the tumor in my colon and, and had pretty good margins and not too much lymph involvement. I had chemo, um, including a clinical trial, which I don't know if that had an influence on my outcome. And the one metastasis I had on my liver, um, I, it turned out I was a great surgical candidate. So basically they cut it out and, and, uh, and chemoed it out. And after about a year of treatment with the surgeries and the chemos, um, I came out um, in pretty good shape. No evidence of disease and just a little bit of neuropathy. And that's how things stand uh, as of today? 
uh, inshallah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, so so far, um, everything uh, as far as the colon cancer goes is is looking very good. Just just checkups. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. So, yeah, and you know, don't ask me why or how. I just am lucky. Mm-hmm. Well. I kind of brand the the podcast of, and uh, the subtitle is uh, t- uh, Stories of Hope and Inspiration. So uh, the more people that, uh, you know, of course, we want everybody to be able to have an end result like you do. And uh, I haven't taken the opportunity to share your story uh, that so far has turned out very well, and I'm sure it will continue to stay that way. I'm sure it will be an inspiration for other people. So, uh uh, what do they say from our mouth to God's ears? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I was in that same boat, um, just kind of looking at Dr. Google and looking at my survival statistics. And, you know, it, it was overwhelming and terrifying when I was first diagnosed, but uh, I've gotten through it and here I am. So, yeah, I hope that does offer hope. Great. Uh, well, the you looked at statistics, which is something I've never wanted to have anything to do with. And I still uh, subscribe to that this day because uh, I don't want to know. And, um, you know, I, that's just, I guess, a personal choice. But uh, you're, you're a living, breathing proof of, ignore, of the reason why we should oftentimes ignore statistics, too. Yep. So, yep. so how did you get involved uh, in art? Uh, was that... Uh, something you've been doing all your life and and how did you uh get involved with the cancer center at the university of new mexico um yes i i have been doing artwork all my life mostly on a sort of um cartooning doodling scribbling um just playing and drawing a lot kind of basis um professionally i was working as a tv camera woman and field producer for news and documentary <clears throat> right up until the day I got sick. Um, and after I came, well, actually during the cancer experience, um, I really processed a lot by making drawings and I was encouraged in that, um, by someone, I was actually treated at Georgetown Lombardi in, in Washington, DC and the, um, arts and humanities director, Nancy Morgan, basically <laughs> gave me a sketchbook <laughs> and, and said, draw. And um, that turned into a uh, a blog. Um, but, you know, mostly, actually, a lot of that was processing as I pulled through the end of my experience and as I got healthy. Um, and, and doing all that artwork has made me a better artist, I think. Okay. As you know, I read your quote in, in our in our correspondence back and forth, and something really jumped out at me. I've talked to many survivors and uh, lots of conversations about what do you do to to cope. A lot of people talk about exercise, diet, uh, their faith, and you said you use your art uh, and humor to cope, but you followed that with three words that really jumped out at me. And you said to cope and get even. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that really grabbed me. And seeing the book and reading through your book, I I got it. I got it. So talk about well, that. Well, yeah, because when I make a drawing, my character, which is you know this 
it's actually sort of a scrawny little woman in a beanie hat, um, you know, can be as strong as I want her to be. And my little sidekick personality, which is this little wise cracking little red colored bird can say anything he wants. And when I draw cancer, <laughs> you know, my characters can spit at it and, or just reduce it to anything that fits on my little tiny drawing pad. So yeah, you know, um, I do mock cancer in a way to get even, you know, even though I'm always scared it'll bite me back. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, as I went through the book, the word that jumped out at me was emotion. Yes. I felt a lot of emotion coming off those pages. Yeah. Well, I, I think actually that's the basis for every single one of, of my drawings. And for me, um, probably my most accessible emotion is rage. So you see a lot of that in my drawings. Um, fear and anxiety are up there. Um, but, but also um, a sense of, of great joy and elation, I guess. You know, the, the other... The, the, the flip side of sorrow for me is elation, and I, I have great access to that emotion. In, in what form? Um, <laughs> you know, just I'm still here, you know, every day. It's, hey, it's raining. Well, let me pop open that umbrella and get out there. Hey, the sun is out. That's good. My neighbor has a horse. Oh, I'm going to feed it a carrot. Um, just, just, you know, the joy of, 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 of existence. Mm -hmm. Several people I've spoken to have ex expressed uh, similar feelings and have said that those feelings, as they look back on it, uh, made them realize that in some ways, cancer was a gift. You know... I did have one person say, "If it was, I'd give it yeah. back." <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, and I think that's the side. I think that's the side that you're on, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, in some ways, even while I was, you know, very, very sick and in treatment, um, I, I felt very peaceful and, in a lot of ways, pretty happy. But um, I'm not, I'm not in the gift corner because while it, it may have made me. Um, maybe a more empathetic person in some way, or, you know, it, it helped me grow in some way. Um, it, it ain't worth it. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, for me, I don't look at it as a gift. I tend to agree <laughs> with you. But, you know, I, I'm, I don't have any, um, you know, I don't think anyone who looks at it as a gift is wrong. I think they're really lucky. You know, if they think, wow, it was a great gift to me, that's fabulous. Because as we know, cancer is very, very, very individual. Oh, absolutely. Uh, would would you say a better way to say it, Amy, would be that in some ways it's been a conduit for positive change in your mm, life? That would be nice. Um you know, I'm not really sure about that. I am a person who I think has lived life very, very fully. I, I haven't been a, a person who's deferred a lot of dreams or anything like that. I mean, 
I guess one immediate thing that happened when I got out of treatment was I went and visited all the people I, I thought I might want to see one day. So I guess I was better at staying in touch with people. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. conduit. Well, I guess, um, yeah, I popped out the shoot as an artist and, and now I do work in an arts and medicine program in my, in my home area in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So yeah, I guess in a way, Maybe it transformed mm-hmm. me in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me more about that work that you do. Um, well, I work in a really phenomenal, really innovative arts and medicine program at University of New Mexico um, Health Center. And usually I work at the cancer center. And <laughs> I'm the art lady. I have a cart that's filled with uh, wonderful things you can draw with or color or paint or do things. And uh, pretty much um, I, I, I got crayons. And so uh, people can draw with me, but a lot of people just want to talk or um, just want to share. And our program also has musicians and massage therapists and a lot of things. But um, it's been really amazing working with people who already identify as artists and make incredibly powerful and inspiring imagery. And um, <laughs> I really like working with the stick figure people who say, I can only draw stick figures. And it's like, okay, well, here's some chocolates. Have a go. And and that's a lot of fun too. How much time do you put into it every week? Um, I just spend one full day at Cancer Center a week. And then... Um, I, I'm required to write up um, my um, experiences in communications and that, you know, and that's kind of nice because then I get to process But because at the end of the day, I, I really wonder, you know, did I help anyone? And then I write it up and I go, yeah, we had our moments. Um, and, and sometimes I work in other areas of the hospital, but, um, but I'm kind of locked into a cancer center once a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really great because... I work with mostly with patients and caregivers and, you know, it's, it's a very stressful time for people. And so if I can um, help them draw or, or just color or do anything, um, you know, it helps them redirect and, and really concentrate on just one thing. And that's, you know, very, very rewarding to, to be able to focus on, well, I think I'll put the green right here instead of all those demons that are whirling around your head, you know, when you're <laughs> at the infusion center. Sure. So th- those are the folks that you're you're spending time with, the uh, people that are in the infusion center? Um, well, it's people in treatment, um, people in clinic. So I guess some people are there for checkups or awaiting diagnosis or hopefully not diagnosis. Um, and, and then, um, people, there's a, a radiation center and, uh, there's also a big lobby, um, where people are kind of waiting to get blood tested, but everyone's somewhere in cancer world. And, um, sometimes I work with, you know, people who are in treatment and, and often I work with their caregivers. I see. And what inspired you to actually produce a book, Amy? Um, that's a great question, Lee. Um, I, you know, I kept posting these drawings to my blog, cancerissofunny.com, and 
people kept saying, you should, you should put this in a book. You should put this in a book. And it was really, um, so many people told me that I thought, well, they could be right. (laughs) And, and so I did. And I, um, actually worked very hard because I, I had no idea how to for, I knew how to format my drawings for the web, but I, I didn't know how to do that for a book. So, um, it was, it was a huge commitment and I'm really glad I did it. And when did the book initially launch? Uh, 2012, I think I'd have to go look at my copyright date. Um, so it, you know, it's been in print. It's a, it's a full color, glossy paper back book and it's like 60 pages and it's as you saw it's you know it's cartoons and drawings with captions and a little bit of text and um it's a it's kind of art book price because i self-published so um it's you know it costs a little bit but mostly the mostly the people who buy it are buying it because they want to give it to a friend. They want someone to either understand what that kind of lonely <laughs> journey is about or or they just want to look at it and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's so true. That's so true. So um, it's, you know, it's not for everyone, but for some people, it's it's a really great gift, I think. Well, I agree. <laughs> no, and, and I don't, I, I say that uh, seriously because... Being a cancer patient is a whirlwind of emotions, and you know, and people have the best of intentions, and you know, we hear it all the time. Are you okay? <laughs> you look and, great. And it's just so it's just so much easier to say I'm fine. Those two famous words. Yeah. But as I thumb through the book, you didn't miss an emotion that I know that I had uh-huh. had an experience through my journey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and for people to really look at it and and kind of absorb that. That's why the word emotion came out to me as I went through that book, because you cover the gamut. You certainly do. Yeah. And I, I am emotionally direct and, and my cartoons are emotionally direct. And, you know, so many people, it, it, it's, you know, it's not so easy to get to have like a cancer buddy, like someone who's gone through it or is going through it with you. And so, um, I think people kind of get really pleased for the discovery of like, oh, somebody gets it. And here it is in pictures. So I think that's helpful. True. And what, where did the idea for the title come from? Man, I don't know. I, it just blurted out somewhere. I, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so stupid and ironic and idiotic. <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, cancer is not funny at all, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I, I don't even remember how I came up with that. I, I really want to, you know, I'd really rather have been able to say, you know, health, good health is so boring, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. And, you know, a lot of people actually mistake the some people mistake the title and say, and get mad at me and say, you know, cancer's not funny, but, um, that's how, you know, that's how we deal with things in our family. It's, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it just, I'm more comfortable 
um, joking with people. And, and so that's what poured out of me. I, I was wondering as I, as I looked at the title, cause you can't help but have a reaction when you see the words cancer is so funny, but yeah, like anything in print, a lot of it can be in your voice inflection. Yeah. Mm-hmm, if it's mm-hmm, said with mm-hmm. dripping sarcasm, uh, mm-hmm. then nobody would probably question it at all. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you brought up what my next question was: is have you gotten any grief about the title? Um, yeah, mostly, I mean, not from cancer survivors mm-hmm. ever. Um, I, I, I ended up you know, doing all the social media stuff. So I have a, a Twitter feed and, and a Facebook page. And my Facebook page actually got got bomb attacked by, by trolls, um, which are internet angry people. Um, and, and I think it happened because um, there was a really mean, stupid, nasty page with a similar title. And so um, it, I... I ended up getting feedback from people who actually never looked at the page or looked at the drawing and just thought, (laughs) you know, um, no, cancer's not funny. But uh, when I talk to them, most people, if if they have the ability to understand irony or facetiousness or sarcasm or just, you know what, this is what I do, you don't have to do it, then people are okay. But as I said... um, Cancer survivors, the ones who are already sort of um, thinking about this, um, you know, they've been very, very positive, and, it, and it's gratifying, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, you mentioned, uh, we kind of discussed earlier on coping. Uh, talk more about coping. What, what is your advice for people who are just struggling with their experience, uh, what's your advice as far as finding an outlet? Oh wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think it really is helpful if, if you can find an outlet, and and you should. I think people should do you know go to their comfort zone. Um, and so you know if you if you're if you like to write, you know you. Writing is a is a you know keeping a little journal is, is a great way to cope, um, and you know for me because I like to draw that was a great way to cope. It's like oh this is really scary and freaky, and then I draw it, and then it's like well it's scary and freaky, but it's only three inches high on my drawing pad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you don't have that. And 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 you're alone, then I, I just think you need to go back to the thing that gives you focus and joy, whether it's looking outside and observing things or looking inside and observing things and or whether it's um, if you're capable of some physical activity. Um, I did Tai Chi um, while I was sick and it was just phenomenal for me. But you know what? Not everybody is expressive and not everybody feels creative. And gee, I just really hesitate to give anyone advice because you get so much of that. You should this and you should that. And I, I, I mean, I guess if you're feeling isolated, you probably should 
reach out, you know, keep looking for that team or that buddy. But otherwise, man, you know, go it your way. And, you know, it's a big commitment to even to even undergo treatment for cancer. So, you know, commit to what you can feel comfortable signing on to. It's good advice. Um, wrapping up, Amy, I, I like to ask, and, and I reserve the question only for people who've been through the, the, the battle, if you will, themselves. And that is uh, someone may be listening to this podcast where they themselves or someone they care about was recently diagnosed and are dealing with those immediate range of emotions that we've all been through. Uh, with the experience that you've had, what words of advice would you give that person? Oh, gee. Um, I would say, please understand that your friend or your loved one is really overwhelmed and um, just try to be there for them. Try not to be afraid to call them up or send them a text message or, you know, communicate with them. Um, and, and, and if you're really their friend, you know, offer to stop by or offer to take them out. They might say yes. Um, and, and don't tell them what you saw on the internet will cure them. And don't tell them that you had a friend who died of the same thing. Oh, heavens, please. (laughs) Um, but really, you know, just know that, it'll really help them to feel that you're there for them. And just little tiny bits of communication will, will I think, for the most part, will really comfort your friend because it's very, very lonely to be diagnosed with cancer and, um, and very terrifying. And so if you can be like a normal person in their life and you can say, you know, hey, did you watch the tennis today? Or, you know, you can <laughs> present something of um, their human world that's not so cancery. They're, they're going to love you for it. That is very true. So, Amy, where can people find your book and find you online? Um, my website is www.canceriso.funny.com. Um, from there, you can click on um, a buy my book <laughs> page and, and you can find my book on Amazon or on a self-publishing site called Lulu. And on Amazon, you can also download a version, but you can also do one of those look inside the book and <laughs> don't tell Amazon, but you can pretty much see a lot of that artwork without, you know, committing to ordering it or just go on the website. There's pages and pages and pages of cartoons, but you can't give that as a gift though. (laughs) Well, that's true. Well, that's when you order it. And, um, (laughs) and it is, you know, I, it, you never know how someone will react to it, but I, I think, um, that it's going to be good on somebody's library. You know, someone's going to want to look through that book or, as um, I've really wanted to put on the back of the book, but I, I haven't, you know, one of those quotes about what a great book it is. Um, I don't have my glasses on, but I really like the colors. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, like the colors that. are really good. So buy the book, enjoy the colors and keep your glasses off. <laughs> or some quote by some famous visually impaired person. <laughs> yes, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just go to cancerissofunny.com and, and look around um, if you're... Uh, you know, I'm on all the social media. Well, not all of them, but some of them. And you can send me an email by going to Cancer is So Funny. I think there's a link you can click on. Great. And uh, with your permission, we'll put a sample or two on my website that will accompany this recording at the Colon Cancer Podcast. Well, that is great. And, you know, just um, so you know, the book has no no overt cursing in it the the web page is a little more raw but you know so go at your own peril (laughs) amy i really appreciate you taking the time uh to speak with me and sharing your story and experience uh with me and the listeners Uh, i wish you continued success most importantly continued good health and uh thank you so much Oh, you're very welcome, Lee. Thank you for uh, having me as your guest. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone. <laughs>